Were we doing a cold open? I don't have a plan, but we usually do a cold open. I mean, this could be our awkward cold open. <laughs> I mean, I'm good right with this now. being. Yeah, I'm good with this being an awkward intro. No, don't get much colder than that. No, Zach, is... Zach looks like he's open I... in the cold. Yeah, let's see. It's a. Uh... Go ahead. Tell me, Zach, what's the temperature in Virginia right now? Negative 28. No, I'm kidding. It's not that cold. 28. I know. Pish posh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm in my garage. I think we were negative 11 yesterday. Woo! Hell yeah. The coldest some, of cold opens. I saw some friends in the Quad Cities complaining about how cold it was today. So, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like and here I am riding around in the 30s. With both of my FedEx doors open <laughs> quite a wind going out here oh yeah you think there's some animals out there some bears perhaps oh beers what, what beers Chicago so I gotta, style. oh what Jonathan? i have a question okay this could be an interesting topic i've been watching the dc movies uh all of them or just like the dc "Quote unquote EU. the DCEU movies, I guess. Okay, is what I've been going through. Okay, and uh, I got to Justice League and went. Do I watch Justice League, or is the Snyder Cut what I should watch, or are those two separate films and should be treated as such? Um, personally, I think they're practically the same film. Mm. Uh, I don't think. I mean, aside from taking Dark Side out and. Uh, leaving Ray Fisher's really good performance on the cutting room floor, mostly. Mm-hmm. I don't think we did enough to it for it to be considered a completely different movie. So save yourself the two hours and just watch. And that's what I cut. did. I, I, I watched the just the Snyder cut now, and I kept going, is, is this different enough? Like, should I go back? I just watched Birds of Prey last night and was like, fuck, I love this movie so much. Yeah, God, it's so it's so good. <laughs> like, oh. I don't know what people's problem with that fucking movie is. Uh, sexism. It's gotta be, right? Like, you would think it's not, but like, that it really it, has to be because it is that fucking good. Because if, because if Ryan Reynolds was the lead of that movie, everybody'd be like, oh, I love Deadpool 3. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it, it has the same irreverent humor. It's, yeah, it's just, it's smarter than both the Deadpool movies, too. Yeah, I, I, and 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 the sexiest sandwich in the world, the sexiest sandwich in the world. You and McGregor gets blowed the fuck up. That <laughs> is one of the best <laughs> fucking deaths in film ever. Yeah. Also, so. it's you and McGregor. He's sexy as fuck. So exactly. I'm not even ashamed to imagine you and McGregor holding that sandwich. Oh my god! <laughs> I need to go clean my shorts now. Speaking of horny, let's go ahead and talk about a redhead movie. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) No, she. Let's talk about a movie. (laughs) Let's talk about a movie. All you beautiful people out there in podcast land, my name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Rouches. Welcome back to the Oscaristic Podcast Show. We discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong 
if they went wrong. And what redheaded film are we watching that made you horny this week, Zach? <laughs> Listen, she's 16. I can't look at it that way. And I don't look at it that way. We are watching Pixar's first Disney princess, the rebellious Scottish princess who yearns for freedom, but turns her mom into a bear in Brave. No heart. No heart. Just Brave. Well, well, well it has heart. It has heart. Yeah. But not in the title. Uh, is this everybody's first time seeing Brave? Yes. No. No for me as well, Zach. Do you remember the first time you saw Brave? Yes. Uh, we saw it in June of 2012 at the Newtown Cinema. Oh, Newtown. While, while uh, Caitlin was pregnant with our first child. Excellent. Uh, I think I rented this when it dropped on DVD uh, because I had just moved back to Virginia in 2012 and I didn't get to see a lot at the theater around that time. Yeah. So I just missed a whole bunch in 2012. Well, well, then let's do an Oscar breakdown. 85th Annual Academy Awards. Our best animated feature, Brave. Wins, giving Mark Andrews and Brenda Chapman Academy Awards. So ironic as that is, we will discuss that later. Uh-huh. Uh, Frankenweenie nominated. Paranorman. Pirates Band of Misfits, or uh, Pirates in Adventure with Scientists, as it was known outside of the U.S. <laughs> uh, and Wreck-It Ralph. And that that's it. They didn't nominate any animated films for extra category awards. Huh. Wow. So kind of a kind of a bummer. But uh, since we brought up the Simpsons movie in the 2007 episode, uh, the Simpsons are represented in the best animated short film with the longest day care. <laughs> All right. Great, great title. <laughs> yes. Referencing the uh, World War Two film. Yes. And that played on the front of something, but I don't remember what might have been one of the Ice Age movies. Mm. If those came out this year, I need I need to look that up. We'll anyway, find out later. Yeah. So that's our uh, that's our breakdown. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Yes. Please. <laughs> so Zach, Zach, how horny is this movie making? <laughs> God. Okay. So <laughs> it's such a slippery slope because even aging up animated characters is is dangerous and gross territory, but. I have Pinterest boards where I save lots of <laughs> redhead art, and there's always some sexified Merida stuff. And Rule 34 exists. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, God. So, when we get to Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Her, Merida aside, I just really enjoy watching the dynamics of the hair in this film. It is like, you know... This movie, I think, was made so Disney went, hey, guys, look what we can do with our graphics engine. Look what we do with hair. Yeah, they basically what they basically invented the Presto, their new animation system Mm -hmm. for this movie. And you see it in the animation, the the hair of any of the characters, the the shadows and the lighting. It's just it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous film. Yeah, just that's one of those things that I always like to think about sometimes, especially like being a you know video gamer. You don't think about when people think better graphics, they always think smoother, you know, pixels and things like that. But they don't realize how things like shadows and 
like now we're getting light reflections that are built into these engines. Right. How those small things are what's actually making everything look that much better. Like we've reached kind of the pinnacle of those smoother polygons. It's everything else past that that's just making it look that much better. And you definitely see something like that in Brave. Yeah. And I think I I was reading an article about how there were 1,500 individual (laughs) – what's it said? Uh, I can't even read my own handwriting. (laughs) Sculpted curves of of curls and hair that, you know, where the animation was made to all move together or independently depending on how it's going. And it's – it's crazy. But um, if I were 15 when I saw this movie, I'd probably have the same feelings as I do towards Goofy movie. But as an adult, I behave myself and be a respectable human being. Well, <laughs> I can't I can't say the same for Merida's voice actress, Kelly McDonald. Oh, yes. oh God, I love this guy's accent. <laughs> who I have had the biggest crush on since I saw Transpotting the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. We talked about her a little bit on the No Country for Old Men episode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and of course, Emma Thompson. <laughs> if you could see God. Paul's face. I got no words for just how much that woman drives my motor. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Just rev up that engine <laughs> so uh okay so the gorgeous beautiful animation all that aside the movie is fine that's how i feel about it it's good but it's kind of jonathan i think you're muted <laughs> yeah it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> i think it's uh pixar's first like really conventional aside from like the cars movies it's the first one people see as like, eh, it's okay, but not. they've had so many home runs as far as like critical reception. And this one was still received really well, but the story is kind of conventional, borrows from a lot of fairy tales, but the heart of it, the mother-daughter relationship is beautiful. And I, Caitlin and I watched it this week and I, you know, watched her get really emotional about it. And I think that's probably something that strikes more, for a mother than anybody else watching it. I, uh, I really liked it. I Good. think, I think this is the best Pixar film we've covered in so many weeks. Oh, really? No, well, I, I, I can like get this. That. I like Good. this way better than up in toy story three. Good. I, yeah, I, I solidly behind you on that, sir. I, I understand that it plays with the tropes and that's fine by me. I, I think it plays very well with the tropes. I, I, I think a lot of any problems I have with this movie aren't on the screen. I think this is a solidly made film. It's very, it's very emotional. Mm-hmm. It, it hits all the right notes. I, I love the, the three sons. They're yeah. the fucking best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Billy Connolly's in it. Yeah. Anytime always... I hear that guy's voice, I am just happy. Yeah. He immediately puts me in a good mood. And, lulls me into any sense of comfort that i need mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I i just think this is a solid film from yeah. from start to finish i don't think it i don't think it dips i don't think it wanes i think it from the second it goes it goes and it is a joy to watch yeah i don't disagree yeah. with any of that yeah i i'm kind of yeah, like i said with paul it, it's i don't know it's it's like paul said it's solid but i think it's solid for all the reasons that zach thinks it's okay because like you also said Paul, it doesn't do anything special but 
I think it uh that's okay as well. It it's it's it knows what it's doing and it's doing it right. Right. So yeah, I, I, um, I put this in my top twenty the year it came out. Okay. Oh, so did I. And um, you know, sometimes I try to I don't necessarily color my own opinion by what um others have said, but just just looking at, you know, the way the conversations around it, like people like Cars and Brave represent a dip in Pixar. And I don't know that I totally agree with that, but I do think it's their first really truly conventional film. But and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, but it is from start to finish very good. And the music is lovely. Um, it's got some decent comedy in it. And I like a lot of the uh, Scottish folklore and stuff. Mm, yeah, I love Scottish folklore. I think um, as I'm watching it, like after the, the the two films that I think people kind of look at, they're like Brother Bear and How to Train Your Dragon. And it bites off some things from those films as far as, I don't know, just some themes, I guess. And again, it's, there's nothing wrong with borrowing and biting from stuff. Yeah, I, know I mean, you, I definitely get the Brother Bear. I don't know if I see the How to Train Your Dragon at all. But I think just with it's maybe just, some of the character designs and the whole Scottish mm, accent, and uh, because uh, Craig Ferguson's in both of them, that, that's why you're comparing them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I think one thing I've gotten over, especially recently, and with Pixar releasing a lot of like more subpar for Pixar stuff, is I've I've had to get over the oh this this would be a, a five star movie if it wasn't a Pixar movie mm. because then it just makes it a five-star movie. Like, right. Yeah. Right. If, 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 if it's good, it's good. I, I don't think this is a five-star movie. I think no. it's a really great film. Uh, but yeah, I, I've had to get over that, that mindset. It's like, okay, but just because Pixar has done, you know, some great films doesn't make their other great films less great because it's Pixar. That's yeah. An absurd thing to say. Yeah, uh, you I know, feel like t- that's biting in that. Uh, there's no such thing as a five star movie for Zach thing. <laughs> where <laughs> if there's greatness out there and it doesn't match that that greatness, then it's not that five star. I think uh, you know. I look at it some ways as like uh, your favorite artist releasing a new album that you don't like as much, and you expect it to come from. But you know, with Pixar, you don't always have the same exact people working on stuff. So I don't think that's really the the same kind of argument but sure right when you have a certain kind of pedigree people start to expect something and that's that's probably the expectations fault not the exactly company. yeah exactly and you know it's like i i know we'll be talking about it probably soon but like uh missing link is a film i really like but i think it's Leica's weakest film but i shouldn't be comparing it to the rest of the Leica catalog it just is what i've done but it's still a really good movie. So you mentioned having some issues, some off-screen issues with this film, and you mentioned something about the directing, I believe. I don't know if I said anything about... Oh, yeah, yeah, because I said Brenda Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this uh, this movie was pretty much brought to life by Brenda Chapman, which is really funny that you, you compared this to a Goofy movie, uh-huh. because Kevin Lima, the director of a Goofy movie... Brenda Chapman's husband. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, so uh, Brenda Chapman created this movie as a love letter to her daughter. Yeah. And brought it to Pixar and they let her develop it and they let her start directing it. 
and uh, I, I don't have all the details. I don't like wading into that stuff too much, but nonetheless, Brenda Chapman gets fired from this movie because uh, what's it? John Lasseter is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the rest of the movie goes on without her. And it, you're left to wonder if this would have been a five-star movie, if they would have just let Brenda Chapman go to do what she had intended to do in the first place. Yeah. But after they fire her, that's where I could see the convention coming in. Cause maybe this, maybe this was taking some wild swings and doing something original. And it could have been one of Pixar's top tier films. It could have been frozen before frozen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will save my comments on that. Um, mm-hmm. But, but they fire her off of it and they don't have, they don't seem to have a plan to really, you know, deal without her. And they just, they do, they go, they go for convention. Yeah. And that's, that's a shame. So it, it, while I still enjoy this movie and I still really enjoy watching it, like that does, does kind of put a damper in my heart on the film. Cause I always wish, I always wish artists could make the art they want to make. And right. When you're, when you're dealing with that kind of money and that kind of pressure and that kind of John Lasseter, <sighs> sometimes we just don't get what we deserve. Yeah. And the artist doesn't get what they deserve. Absolutely right. I did. Um, not that it's everything you said is absolutely true. I saw a quote where she said the spirit of the film came through and she was glad for that. But you know, it's still, like you said, it's not her full vision. So what, what could have been? Um, yeah. And it's one of those, I, I don't know if she said that because she feels it or she said that to kind of not make waves so that she doesn't, she doesn't lose out on Disney overall, but you know, right. around this time, Lasseter also becomes the, uh, the creative director at Disney animation as well as uh, Pixar. So he's just got his, I was going to say thumbs in all the pies, but that's probably God, the right thing to say. I say his claws in the wrong places. Yeah. I don't know. Hooks, hooks and whatever. Hooks uh, and he's brandies. a disgusting he is a disgusting sexist pervert, and uh, yeah. I'm glad he doesn't work for Disney anymore. Yeah. yeah. I do think um, this is one of the kind of the starting of the trend with resolving family trauma that uh, Pixar. I mean, we still have a, a villain, but the central like theme is solving your. your well, that villain's shit. just barely even there. True. Yeah, barely. Uh, <laughs> um. I did see they released a short about like the origin story of that. Yeah, we watched Ooh. it. It's really good. Did you? Is it? I, it oh, looked really good. I haven't um, seen that. Yeah, and and while he, while Mordu is like a villain, no, yeah. put air quotes there. Uh, he he's more of a cautionary tale villain than he is. Yeah. like a true villain. He's a fucking bear, right? You know, a really cool bear. Okay. <laughs> it <Fucking> is. <laughs> got great great design. That creature design is excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah. do you guys got any more notes on Brave? Um, I like this movie. Yeah. yeah. The, like even you know the, watching the um the arrow shoot and stuff like that when she goes to launch that final arrow that hits the mm-hmm. third bullseye, so the, the attention to detail is flawless. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <sighs> I do love red hair. You sure do. Indeed. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if we don't have any other notes, I think it's time for a little bit of Ratzenberger. Ratzenberger, baby. 
Um, Man, I spent the entire fucking movie trying to figure out who he was. He was the guard at the gate. Yeah. <laughs> like, I heard the first time I heard him, I was like, oh, that's not a good place for John Ransom. No. Where do you put him, though? So my question is this. Like, he only gets a couple lines in this movie. How bad was his Scottish accent? I don't even remember it. <laughs> like, again, he only had a couple lines. Maybe maybe all those those two lines were, like, the ones that he could yeah. muster in his Scottish yeah. accent. So, depending on how bad his Scottish accent is, yeah. <laughs> this might be a good place for him, but I'd make him one of the... One of the clan leaders. Yeah. That's what I thought. Too. I think yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad, you know, Robbie Coltrane's one. Craig Ferguson's another. Mm. Kevin McKidd is really good. So maybe that's not the best place for him, but maybe a voice in the crowd or something with a couple of good lines. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, maybe. this one, it's like a, a D maybe. Yeah. I, not just not a big fan. Yeah. I agree. You find, it's funny you mentioned the accent because I saw where Reese Witherspoon had been cast, but she couldn't do a. They they gave her a chance, but she didn't master <laughs> the accent, so they chopped her off. Or Reese, she's gonna go cry to her Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into some worsty judgments. Hey, Zach. Does this movie deserve best animated feature? Okay, let's see. I didn't get to see the dang Pirates movie, which is sad. Um, I will eventually, when this podcast is over, probably. Um, But I have seen the other four, so I've got Frank and Weenie at the bottom. I think it's good. It's fine. I like it. I think uh, it was fine as a short, like maybe more impactful as far as I remember seeing it. It's really good, though. Um, And then I have... Paranorman, which is excellent and very deep and meaningful and a lot of important themes for a kid's film. A little scary, too. But I think, um, honestly, that Racket Ralph was the best of these. Um, and I have Brave at my number three behind Racket Ralph and Paranorman. I think they're all really good movies. But, you know, as much as I do like this film, I think this this run that Pixar has had could, could use a couple pegs taken out and would have gone wreck it ralph so as much as i like it i have to say no i don't think it deserved it all right um i did not get to see paranorman or pirates uh i'm with you i think frank and weenie is a better short i don't think it's bad i just think it's a better short uh i also agree wreck it ralph should have beat brave i love wreck it ralph and that's without the you know gamer bias um i'm not mad though that brave won. i like brave I do think that uh, Rise of the Guardians probably should have been nominated. Oh. Uh, probably mm-hmm. over, at the very least, Frank and Weenie. That's a good movie. It was like a lot better than I thought it was going to be when I finally watched that one. So, yeah. And that was really all that, all it for the rest of the year. Uh, a quick sweeping glance. But yeah, Wreck It Ralph should have definitely won. Paul, yes. Does this movie deserve best animated feature? All right, I'll rank the other ones. Uh, unfortunately, as much as I love it, I'm going to have to agree with you. Frank and Weenie's going to the bottom, and I really like that movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's really cute. Uh, 
my okay just ranking the other three my number three of the of the other the four remaining that aren't brave is wreck it ralph uh it's a great film i love it it's cute and it's a lot of fun uh my number two of the other ones is pirates band of misfits that movie rules it's so much fun it's one of the funniest films i would have been really happy if it would have won it's so good there's is that the movie that's got the rim shot that you always the rim the monkey with the rim shot gif? I feel like it is. Where he's using um, the cue cards? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. uh, the cast in that is amazing. the The voiceover work is incredible. The animation is beautiful. Uh, it's really, really, really funny. And it's Good. got one. It's got a line that every time I hear it, I just laugh entirely too much because it's so nonsensical. They're driving. They're they're riding up to a place called Blood Island. <laughs> Pirate captain says, "Blood Island." It's called that because it's shaped like some blood. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, pardon my ignorance. Is this part of a series? The pirate. Uh, it was a book series. Okay. I wish I wish that they would have done more of the the movies because this is incredible. It's so much fun. Uh, and my number one of the remaining four is Paranorman. It is a masterpiece. It fucking rules. Everything about it is incredible. Mm. It's aimed at like a little bit of older children. Uh, it uh, has a great voice cast. Cody Cody Smith McPhee is amazing in it. Mm. Uh, John John Goodman is always is great in it, and uh, it it's great. It's so good, and it has the uh, the first. Uh, animated queer representation in a children's film. No, oh. it's yeah, yeah, it's the best. I can't talk about this movie enough. Uh, that being said, Brave, I love Brave as much as Oprah loves bread. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's a Weight Watchers commercial with Oprah. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I'll have to, I'll have to share it with you when we're done. <laughs> um, I love Brave so much, it's so good. I'm Look, when I ranked my top 20 films of the year, and you can go back and you can look at this on Man of Constant Hatred, I put Brave Above Wreck-It Ralph then. I'm putting Brave Above Wreck-It Ralph now. My number three is in my top 20 that year. I, I made a special mention for Wreck-It Ralph at 21. It's before I'd seen Pirates Band of Misfits. Or that probably would have got my 21 mention. Uh, I have a hard time saying it doesn't deserve to be in there, but I gave Brave a shared spot on my top 20 that year with secret life of area secret world of arietti uh, which is beautiful and amazing yeah. i'm just going to say no with an asterisk it's in my mm -hmm. top 20 that year so i'm fine with it winning best picture their best animated feature fine with it winning best picture too um but i just really at this point want pixar to stop winning them <laughs> yeah uh, uh paranorman was like five spots higher on my list or something like that this year mm -hmm. in 13. If I redid my 2012 list, Paranorman would be in my top 10. It's a film I think of fondly and I've only watched a couple of times because it, it hits me pretty hard. I think it's, I think it's like his best film. I like mm -hmm. it more than Coraline. Wow. And you yeah, heard wow. my thoughts on Coraline. Yeah. <laughs> we're in that year. Yeah, I think it's like his best film. Uh, and they haven't won one of these, and they should have won it for Coraline or this. And, I agree. Um, so, 
there we are. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I agree about Lake of Coraline and Paranorman are my um, top two from them as well. And I think uh, Jonathan would really like Paranorman once he gets to see it. Yeah, yeah it, so too, it is. It is sh- like it starts with a schlock horror movie. Nice. Like Norman at the beginning of the movie is watching a really shitty like B movie to the point where like the actress is screaming and the zombie is shambling at her really slowly and she just stops and looks off camera just keeps screaming. Oh god, it's so good. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, <clears throat> moving on, Zach. Yeah. Is this the worst best animated feature? No, and despite all my lukewarm talk, I still give it, you know, it's a four-star movie for me, and I have it at my number eight. It's uh, I have it above Up, um, so my number eight, and also above what, Rango and Shrek and Happy Feet. Okay. I have it at my number four. Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. I put it just above Wallace and Gromit and could not beat Wally. Like, I, mm. I really, really like this movie, but like, fucking Wally. So, yeah. <laughs> We got this one up there. Oh, nice. uh, no, it's not the worst. Uh, I, I have it one higher than Zach. I have it at seven uh, and I have it above all the same movies. Plus Toy Story three, which is under Happy Feet. So this is just above Happy, just below Finding Nemo. Just just in case anybody needs to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's where we're going to call it here. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, the TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Horny McCoy, where can we find you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, it's been a subdued episode because I've been trying to con- <laughs> behave myself. Um, <laughs> oh, behave. <laughs> find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X A K K M A S T E R. TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dressman on TikTok. Uh, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. You can follow me at Father of the Fear on the Twitter and the uh, letterbox, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films I watch. And you know what? This week, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the four of the five short animated nominees that I got to watch. Mm-hmm. The one I haven't got to watch is An Ostrich Told Me the World Was Fake, and I think I believe him. Uh, yeah. I'm so excited to watch it. I'm trying to get a hold of it. Uh, and I need to, I need to hand out a copy of the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse to everyone. Ooh, but of course, let, let me, let me roll these down the order uh, from, from bottom to top of the ones I liked. Uh, Flying Sailor, my number four. It's, it's fine. I like it. Uh, I don't love it. Because it's the most boring title of them all too. It is. Uh, this is this is the one I'm rooting for the least, so it's probably going to win. Um, but it was cute. It was a cute little movie. Uh, I, I'm hard pressed to say that they couldn't find another film that was one of the five best other <laughs> yeah. than this one. Uh, my my number three is Ice Merchants. That was devastating. Ooh. It was very sad. Uh, it uh, I, I I don't want to get into it too much, but it. It's it's about a young boy and his father living on a cliff. Uh, and oh. it's it's an experience. You can watch that on YouTube. It's on uh, the new the New Yorker's YouTube. Okay. Yes. Uh, my number two, and you have to go watch this at a website of its own name, is My Year of Dicks, which is awesome. 
<laughs> it's so good. It's a it's just about a girl and a year of her life where she's trying to lose her virginity. And dicks doesn't just mean the penises, it means the men that she is trying to sleep with. Uh, it's really good. Nice. Everybody watch my year of dicks. I believe I watch it at myyearofdicks.com. <laughs> it's great. And my number one right now is The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, a film that uh, every fucking line of this short film is just profound simplicity. Like a character will say something, and then the one next, and the next line is another character saying something that is so simple yet so profound. Excellent. Like every, I'm not even joking. I, me and Leanne were sitting on our couch with our boys sitting on the couch in between us, and Every like three seconds, we would just look over with tears in our eyes. It was beautiful, and I hope it wins. Oh wow, nice! I uh, I forgot to mention the things I watched this week. Were you? Uh, oh. You probably have some more. Did you have some more? I'm sure I watched. Uh, I watched House Made of Splinters. Cried through half of that. Oh, yeah. That will fuck your life up. I no, hope everybody you. enjoys it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yes. Uh, me and Joseph Tapia watched Attack the Block because that movie oh, rules. Great. <laughs> yes. That is a five-star masterpiece. There is nothing wrong with that movie. Nope. Uh, I went and saw Infinity Pool. That was wild. Was that a Cronenberg movie? It, it's it's baby Cronenberg. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I little, mean, like, little, little, yeah, somebody trying to up, uh, kind of up the get out yeah, of daddy's shadow. <laughs> it's it's baby Brandon doing his, doing his dad's movie but with a little bit of david lynch thrown into it yeah. it's kind of wild uh i gave it four stars i, I think it's really good huh uh, i guess i'll finish up with fire of love i watched that also cried during that that movie will rip your heart out and it's really great because the movie starts and they're like hey it's june 3rd 1991 we're in this place in japan this is these two are are volcanologists and they're going to die today. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> yeah. I uh I watched a couple of the same things you did. I uh watched The Flying Sailor and I couldn't take it seriously. I was laughing through so much of it because it it was kind of absurd. It reminded me of some sequences from The Tree of Life. <laughs> With I think it's like, I think it's meant to be a little absurd. I know, I know. Um, but I asked Caitlin to watch it with me, and then I felt like I was awkward as we were watching it. <laughs> it's just like this naked, flying, flapping man through the sky for most of it. And, you know, I, I am <laughs> I am a fan of penises. <laughs> Very good. But I also watched, we also watched Fire of Love. It's so good. and It's so good. My... I will complain about the narration. I know that's the woman who like kind of headed up making the film and wrote the script and stuff, but I did not like her narration and it made me sleepy. <laughs> I did it, like her narration. It lulls you into security and then your heart gets ripped out. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, growing up in Washington, I, you know, know a lot about Mount St. Helens, but there was footage in this that I'd never seen of Mount St. Mm. Helens, which was really cool. Um, yeah. I actually have an, a jar of ash uh, oh. from that eruption. Nice. So, um, but yeah, it very interesting love story and heartbreaking, like you said, but I like that a lot. Um, I watched Night Ride, uh, best nominated 
short, yeah. short live action, live action, short. Yeah, that was that was good. I like the message of that. I haven't I haven't spun live action short on the wheel yet. So gotcha. Yeah, it's a sweet little fifteen minute. Um, feel good. Make you make you smile. Not like these other ones that make you sad. Then I watch Elvis. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of making you sad, <laughs> I actually really liked that movie, but I think it for me it may be the worst Tom Hanks performance I've ever seen. I did not like him in this movie, and I think using him as the narrator was a bad choice in an otherwise uh, well made and interesting film. So that's what I, I I think Tom Hanks gives the plot a more interesting dynamic because he is a fucking cartoon in it <laughs> and the plot is just walk hard. True. So it's like, hey, look at this cartoon character that just got put in the middle of the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> I could buy that. But I had a lot of fun watching it and it is perfect for yeah. Lerman's style of direction. I just I'm going to watch it. I just feel like I have to prep myself to watch that movie. You probably should. Yeah. One I, thing I really liked about it was how they blended um, uh, the old uh, African-American standards with modern hip hop. And like the, it's almost like seamless to kind of show. Yeah. Uh, black people invented rock and roll. Here you go. And into rap. And it's all, it all feels natural and well done. Yeah. It would just been a lot nicer if they would have, you know, Accepted that Elvis was a uh, fucking racist. Yeah, yeah. This movie really uh, <laughs> makes him really, look like, <laughs> make does, really, really <laughs> like makes him look like a saint. A saint. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he loved black people. Black people love him. Nobody had any issues with his music. Nope. He never said black people couldn't even shine my shoes. It's not a thing he said. Whew. And I watched one other movie, but I'll, I'll save that to talk about on the. Thursday or uh, <laughs> acting there direct episode. <laughs> oh, I don't think I saved anything. Now I've talked about everything. Oh, well, it had oh. oh, no, no, I got one I can talk about. Okay, that's going to be fun. All right. Well, then, uh, this is usually where I thank Trav for producing our show. You catch him on, on our sister podcast, Loving of Benjamin Banks. We also like, oh, oh, what are we watching next week? That's the thing. Okay, yeah. Trav, <laughs> was... Trav, please cut that stuff out because I'm an idiot. No, I was, I always get kind of thrown off when we talk more. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. Like, I just blanked out. Zach, what are we watching next week? We're taking a little sidestep away from the animated features and for Black History Month and somebody's special episode. We're going to cover the films of Ryan Coogler. Oh, Ryan Coogler's special episode. Yeah. Uh, now we're we're not we're not covering either of the Black Panther films, mostly because there's a chance we could cover them in the future. Ah, I want to talk about his two earlier films, which is Fruitvale Station and Creed. Creed, excellent. Yeah. So, so that's going to cut down on the number of films. Not that I want to disrespect either of the Black Panther films because they are both excellent. It's just we we will probably be talking about those soon, if not eventually. Gotcha. And I froze again. Your face did, but your voice did. Yeah, yeah. This this happened before I had to fix it, so I'll fix it when we when we finish here. I look surprised <laughs> <laughs> or betrayed. I look betrayed. Okay, so with that, we want to thank Trav 
for producing our podcast. Catch him on, on, your, on our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at the Oscars Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. You better give us five stars or I'll get in your bowl. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so, for Jonathan, Zach, and Zach's horniness while watching yes. this movie, we'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> Horny rising. <laughs>